Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com. Uh, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Facebook and YouTube, and co at Coach Jan Shaw on Twitter. And today is the 25th of September. 2021 and the title of today's show is Arizona Audit Report Other State Audits and COVID and Vaccine Updates and what amazing week um, today's show is really going to focus mainly on the 2020 election audit in Arizona and also the moves that other states are making in that direction and there is still more information coming out about the danger of the vaccines and so on and other statistics. And I'll share as much of that as I can. But my primary focus, as I say, is going to be on the um, Arizona audit. And the results of the audit were presented yesterday in the Arizona Senate uh, the broadcast lasted for three hours and probably nearer four hours if you include the um, the press conference after the end of the presentation. And I took 12 pages of notes because <laughs> I really wanted to, to get it from the horse's mouth exactly what the findings were. And, of course, the... Fake news media, panicking about what was going to be revealed, tried to spin the story about the audit results. And they based it on a leaked draft copy, which apparently was not complete. But they also, as usual, skewed the interpretation to suit their narrative that uh, Biden had been confirmed as having won. So I'm going to start with that because interestingly, um, somebody on Facebook was saying, well, uh, surely they must have had some basis for arguing that it proved Biden won. And uh, so people who didn't necessarily listen or watch the whole thing probably thinking, well, where's that information come from? So I'm going to start with an article by Red Voice Media. And the title is What Media and Dems Are, going, are Doing to Spin Arizona Audit Was Just Perfectly Explained in One Short and Simple Tweet. And this was published today. The media and Dems are using an old trick from 2020 election days to spin the Arizona audit results. And this is by Wayne Dupree. The media and Dems who claim the Arizona audit was a joke and didn't matter have rushed out like bats out of the bowels of hell to spin the findings in their favour. And to their credit, their quick and relentless onslaught has confused a lot of people. But I am here to clear things up for you, quick and easy. Firstly, did the Arizona audit prove Joe Biden won the 2020 election in that state? Uh, no. No, 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 not at all. So how are the media and Dems spinning it to look like it did? Simple, it's the same trick they used right after the election was over to claim there was no vo voter fraud. The media and Dems say that the number of ballots recounted is similar to the original ballot count. Hence, everything is hunky-dory. Dems always focus on the raw number of ballots, not the quality of the ballots. That is their talking point, the same one they've been using for eons, and the same one the media has parroted as well. Yes, the Arizona audit showed similar ballot counts from 2020 to now. That's fine. That wasn't in question. The question was about the quality of those ballots that were mailed in. And the Arizona audit has answered that question. There are many huge, glaring and alarming problems that they found. But of course, the media and Dems just keep pushing their tired old narrative. 
I saw this tweet from a Trump supporter yesterday and it really rang true and called out precisely what the media was doing in such a simple and easy to understand way. Here's what the user said. Dear fake news media, yes, the Arizona audit found no big discrepancy between the original ballot count and the hand count. No, that does not confirm Biden's win. Why? Because, more importantly, the audit found that tens of thousands of those ballots should never have been counted. Exactly, well said and spot on. The number of ballots at this point is insignificant until all the duplicate, fraudulent and illegal ballots are removed from the count. And according to this audit, which apparently the media and Dems are now claiming is legit, the audit did discover thousands and thousands of those bad ballots, enough to change the results, according to reports. So please don't let this tiresome spin get you down. This is what the media does, and they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't worried. So that's the spin. So now let me cover the actual audit results presentation. And as I said, I took uh, 12 pages of notes on this. And I'm going to go through these because this is what I took. There is another uh, report or article that kind of summarizes it all. And I'll share that as well. Um, I want to start by just covering Karen Fans. Um, she's the Senate president, what her introduction was about. And her focus was on election integrity. And the number one goal was to ensure that laws have been followed and ensure election integrity. And of course, as I was saying, the report was leaked. There was a draft that was incomplete and the mainstream media jumped on it. Um, she summarises, counts were closed, statutes were broken, chain of custody issues. Um, I just want to share also a, a Telegram post which was really calling her out for not being, um, let's say, more focused on righting the wrongs that were done in the 2020 election. If if fraud has been found, then surely it should be, the evidence should be used to decertify the election results. This is what the professor's record said. What responsibility does Arizona Senator Karen Fan have in failing to compel production of the routers months ago through a court order? Her strategy appeared to be issue more subpoenas and be ignored. Why did the Arizona Senate, Fan, allow themselves to be intimidated by Merrick Garland from doing a canvas? Either they were intimidated and revealed themselves to be cowards, or they secretly never intended to do a canvas. The latter is even worse, and I suspect it's true. Why did the Arizona Senate try to muzzle Doug Logan, its chief auditor, and produce a heavily watered-down report? Why is the Arizona Senate trying to muzzle Joe Van Hutton Pulitzer's kinematic findings on whether we had counterfeit ballots? We already have enough to decertify the election in spite of Karen Fan, but she needs to answer these questions. Not a good look, Karen, not a good look. And of course, in contrast to that, we have Wendy Rogers calling and has been calling for the election to be decertified in Arizona and also to do audits across all the counties because if this much fraud is found in one county, how much is there in other counties using the same Dominion voting machines? So a good call in my view. So after uh, Karen Fan's introductions, uh, the first report was from Dr Shiva and his role was not to verify signatures themselves, but to uh, investigate signature presence. In other words, did the ballot envelopes have signatures on them? And anomalies were found in the signature validation process. And he introduced himself as a pattern recognition expert. 
And what they were looking for was normal versus abnormal states of signature. And there were um, four possible options that the signature was present, the signature box was blank, um, the signature box was likely blank, and the signature box had a scribble. And they based this on the percentage density of pixels in each case. So <clears throat> let's look at some numbers as well. Early ballots verified and counted 1,915,487. Total returned 1,918,463. Total for verification 1,917,008. Bad signatures 587. No signatures 1,455. And late returns. 934. Now the early voting ballots, the EVB return envelopes, were scanned to, into images, into a stand, to different files. We've got standard image file and that was 99.5%. UOCAVA image file, and this was for overseas votes, type A, 0.459%, type B, 0.14%, type C, 0.001%. Then large print image files, uh, 0.024%, braille formats, 0.002%. What they discovered were duplicates where two ballots were returned, 16,934, Three duplicates returned, 188, and four duplicates returned, four, which gave a total of 17,322 duplicates. And this is a number that's being quoted all over that, you know, if these were duplicates, what were they duplicates of in terms of who they voted for? And, you know, this is much higher than the um, the margin that Biden supposedly won by. So valid return envelopes were 1,911,918. That's taken off these duplicates. So <clears throat> is there a signature in the signature reason and region? And they have signature presence detection and it's characterised into... Um, signature state. So a signature is present 99.7%, a scribble 0.13%, blank 0.09%, and likely blank 0.01%. And that, if I recall, is not the number that was signed. I think that is to do with how they detect the pixel densities. So the conclusions from this were that there was one bag signature for every 3,268 EVBs, 2,580 bad signatures based on pixel density. And interestingly, um, what they were looking at is what the difference was between four weeks before, where 90 plus percent, I think it was like 97 or 98 percent were legible, and four days after the election, 90 plus percent were illegible, which kind of uh, raises red flags. There was no mention of duplicates in the Maricopa County Canvas report, and 25 percent of duplicates were found or were submitted or they were counted between the 4th and the 9th of November after the election. So the EV33 system is where 9,382 duplicates versus 17,126 duplicates found by Echo Mail, which is the company that Dr. Shiva was working for. And 
only 2,183 duplicates actually matched. Blanks were being approved. Of the three copy duplicates, two were approved. Uh, they verified and approved um, the ballot envelopes where there was a stamp in the signature area. And also there were the same name, address and date of birth or year of birth on but with different voter IDs that were approved. The other interesting thing was that there was a verified and approved stamp behind the envelope triangle on these um, ballot envelope images and the question was how can that happen? Doesn't that indicate that perhaps the image was photoshopped? It should be over the triangle. And all of these were approved after the 4th of November. Did Maricopa County receive duplicates? And it's not listed in the numbers published by Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Echo Mail has more signatures. Again, that's Dr. Shiva's company that he's working for in the audit. Only 587 bad signatures identified by Maricopa County. Verified and approved only on EVBs after 11.4. only stamped, verified and approved. What is the standard operating procedure for signature verification? This is the question that Dr. Shiva was asking because... They weren't provided with any standard operating procedure that they could compare with what had actually happened during the election. Why was there a surge of duplicates between the 4th and the 9th of November? And why are envelopes with blank signature boxes being verified and approved? The EVB, the election uh, voting ballot, is the container of the ballot and it's very important and because I'm not a citizen I haven't voted so you know I'm not totally familiar with this but what they're saying is there is no identification on the actual ballot once the envelope is opened. Um, what he's saying is that the signature verification process is unverifiable Lack of systems integration in reporting of duplicates. No information on standard operating procedures. Full signature verification is necessary using the 27-point analysis algorithm. And also, there needs to be a review of the chain of custody of these ballots because that was also questionable. So those are the points that... Um, Dr. Shiva raises during his report. Then we go on to Cyber Ninjas. 100,000 hours were spent and 1,500 people were involved in the audit. 2.1 million ballots were processed by hand. There were multiple levels of security, external with Arizona Rangers, internal with having to have a badge and a COVID test. Ballots were stored in cages and signed out when removed. Chain of custody, in, it was signed off every time it changed possession when it came out of the cages, when uh, whoever took them out of the cages had to sign, when they were handed over to somebody else at one of the tables they had to sign off. So the chain of custody was traced all the way through the process. There was police presence 24-7. They used colour-coded areas we know that there were uh, live cameras 24-7. Um, all the counters were Maricopa County residents who voted and they were all background checked. And we know that um, Katie Hobbs has been trying to discredit the audit by saying it was insecure and uh, no chain of custody. And it's actually projection of what uh, she oversaw in this fraudulent election. Okay, and they took DSLR images of the front and the back of the ballots. Microscope images of key ballot locations. And they collate, collected more than 140 terabytes of data storage. 
and completed the hand counting. Duplicate ballots. Now, this is where they're copied when they're unscannable. This is not the same as the duplicate ballots that Dr. Shiva was talking about. This is where they copy them and then run them through the um, Dominion machines. Duplicate ballots were commingled with originals. Duplicate ballots with incorrect and missing serial numbers. Illegible serial numbers reused serial numbers there were more duplicates than originals the numbers should be the same extra duplicates favored trump and jorgensen it's within the realm of human error the um cyber ninja had announced so not kind of accusing somebody at this point of uh, fraudulent behavior but at least 50 ballots were run through tabulators twice. And again, this could be put down to human error. So official results by county, certified by the county per candidate, precinct um, and prop, prov I've got. I'm not sure what that means now. I'm trying to interpret my notes here. Um, VM55 is the final voted file, the list of people who voted VM34 is the file with everybody eligible to vote. EV32 is the early voting count of ballots sent out. EV33 is the early voting ballots received. They don't match. 74,000 discrepancy. Tallies should match up numbers were different. The official canvas found 3,432 more ballots cast than listed in VM55, which to remind you is the list of people who voted. Maricopa didn't cooperate to explain the discrepancies. 9,041 mail-in voters show more ballots than were sent. 277 precincts show us having more ballots cast than people who turned up to vote. 2,472 ballots in EV33, which is um, voting uh, ballots received, don't have corresponding entries in VM55 and only 2,042 were rejected, a discrepancy of 430. 397 ballots were received but never shown as sent. 255,326 early voters in VM55 don't have an entry in EV33. No numbers for protected voters. And what they call protected voters are people whose identity is protected because... They might be celebrities or officials or whatever. That's the explanation that was given. Um, Melissa Personator is used to identify people who had moved. 23,344 voters voted by mail, even though they show as moved, and no one with the same name shows as living at the same address. 2,382 voters in person, moved out of Maricopa County more than 29 days before, which was the cutoff. Uh, registration dates don't change unless to correct a mistake. Change of address assigned a unique identifier in the system and the request is imaged. 5,047 individuals voted in more than one county for up to 5,295 votes. 393 had incomplete names. 198 voted after the 15th of October cut-off, which was the registration. 2,861 shared AFFSEQ number with another voter. And I think that's, I'm not sure what that number is. Re, um, relates to 282 potentially deceased 186 with potential 
without um, potential voter IDs. I think that's what it means. Or maybe duplicate voter IDs. Okay, and then we have Ben Cotton, again from Cyber Ninjas, and he talks about the digital findings. They were not provided access to routers and network data um, until just before the audit report. Maricota County is now complying, but I think they inserted like a go-between uh, to examine the router data and then report it to CyberNinja, which in itself raises some alarms. Um, they weren't given access to poll worker laptops, ICX devices used by the handicapped, ICP credentials to validate the configuration or admin settings. Um, they needed to know were wireless interfaces activated and other devices and IP addresses. DHS standards for monitoring elections, uh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors did not comply. They failed to keep software up to date. The last date of an update was the date the Dominion system was installed. They didn't update antivirus definitions since the 6th of August 2019, which was the installation date. Dominion claimed updating would invalidate the certification. And what they're saying is that it had therefore had built-in obsolescence of um, antivirus and uh, security and so on. What Cyber Ninja says, Ben Cotton, is they need to review the certifi certification criteria. There were four executable files created after the 6th of August 2019. 45 executable files were modified after the 6th of August 2019. 377.dll files were created after the 6th of August. 1053.dll files were modified after the Dominion software install. They failed to preserve security logs, which should have been kept for 22 months after the election. Credential management, there were shared accounts, common passwords for users and admin accounts. The same password, which was not change, changed after the software installation. And there's no accountability of who did what, as they were using the same usernames and passwords. Um, no audit trail. There were hardware configuration issues. Dual boot configuration on two hard drives, not approved configuration. The second hard drive had non-Maricopa counter data. Dominion databases had demo data and South Carolina and Washington data on them. Question is, where did that come from? 865 directories and 85,673 election-related drives were deleted between the 28th of October and the 5th of November 2020, and there's no way of tracking what happened to them. The D drive election results were removed, 9,571 directories and 1,064,764 election files deleted between the 1st of November and the 16th of March, 2021. 340 direct, sorry, 304 directories and 59,387 files were deleted from the HiPro Scanner 1 on the 3rd of March, 2021. 1016 documents and 196 sorry directories and 196463 files were deleted from HiPro 3 on the 3rd of March also on HiPro 4 I think these are the um, ballot scanners no deletions on HiPro 2 no chain of custody no explanation Security logs, oldest date was the 5th of February 2021, which didn't cover the election time period. 
Log entries were overwritten the 11th of February, the 3rd of March, the 12th of April. Um, 426 of them on the 11th of February. 37,686 on the 3rd of March and 330 on the 12th of April. And <clears throat> the way it's done is the first in and first out is the deletion approach and the script to delete was run multiple times. No assignment of usernames. 1st of February 21, SQL logs, which is the database, indicate RTR admin account purge general election results from database. Maricopa County audit started 2nd of February, the day after these election results were purged. It deletes everything. There's no corresponding entry because logs only go back to the 5th of February. Anonymous logins are common in Windows. It tracks the host name, the IP address, and normally validates credentials which give authority to access. Atypical anonymous logins in the log. No host name or IP address and no validation of credentials. And this apparently indicated remote access. What he was saying is they need access to router data to see if it was valid access. It shows it was remote access. 59 ports were open on EMS server at boot. Unexpected high port activity. Dual functions and listing ports. Remote access enabled and terminal services EMS attempted to connect to internet. No zero-day malware. Um, I'm sorry if this is a bit technical, but <laughs> I really want to pass on all this because it just indicates the magnitude of the issues with this, the way that this election was conducted. Maricopa County audits didn't find internet connection. Internet history was recovered from unallocated space, EMS server and EMS client workstations and adjudication workstations. Um, EMS clients were connected to the Internet. The date and time correlates to the purge of database on the, on the 1st of February. Not all election devices were provided to them, um, which accessed multiple destinations. Connection on the 30th of October 2019 to a wireless LAN configuration site. Continual and repeated access to the internet was found. Conclusions. Election systems are not secure. Security is so far out of date, a hacker could get access in less than 10 minutes. Recommendations by Mr. Logan. I think he also is... Um, part of Cyber Ninjas. Keep voter rolls up to date and sync voter rolls between states and check them 90 days before election. Social security records should be checked on a specified regular basis. Election systems should comply with rigorous standards, application security, verification system level 3. Run ASVS assessments every three years. Use different vendors who do the assessments. Don't use the same ones. Follow CISA guidelines for election systems and equipment. Assignment of individual usernames and passwords so we can identify who's doing what. I mean, this is simple and critical. Um, Real-time monitoring of, sorry, real-time network monitoring of election equipment. Prohibit internet-capable devices, no Wi-Fi or cellular modem. County employees should have access to all admin access on all election equipment. That was one of the things that was at issue because they claimed that they didn't have admin access, that only Dominion had admin access, which puts the control in uh, outside of the, the county. 
must have paper backup of all ballots. Paper stocks must conform to manufacturer's specifications. I know there were various um, paper thicknesses which allowed bleed-through and all sorts of other issues. Create an election audit department to conduct audits on a rotating basis across all counties. Batches should be clearly labelled and can be related to batches on tabulation machines. Penalise purposely inhibiting a legislative audit. Make ballot images and cast vote records public. Use paper with security features, watermarks and ID requirements for mail-in voting. Okay, Randy Pullen, he summarised violations of laws and procedures manual. And also Josh Barnett, I can't remember quite what the relationship to those were. Anyway, this is a, um, a summary of the violations of the laws and procedures. Missing signatures on ballot envelope affidavits. They must be received by 7pm on election day and must be signed. The scope didn't include matching signatures with the voting registration file. That was what um, Dr. Shiva was pointing out. So, you know, that's possibly another area that could show up some fraudulent voting. So if somebody is signing um, on a vote and it isn't, it isn't really them. Original and duplicate ballots, and these are the duplicates that are um, copied because the original won't be can't be scanned, must have matching serial numbers. There's missing chain of custody for all equipment and ballots, insufficient ballot paper thickness, common usernames and passwords, missing serial numbers on electronically adjudicated ballots, possible ineligible voters. Senator Warren Peterson then spoke, obstruction from the county. They violated their subpoenas and expended resources to block and stop the audit. The numbers don't reconcile. They broke the law with duplicate ballots and the turning and churning of log files. Chain of custody issues, envelopes with blank signatures, and said the reports are posted on azsenaterepublicans.com. Although, I have to say, when I went to the website, I couldn't find the reports and they didn't seem to have a search uh, function. So I had to do a search online. Um, a letter is going to the Attorney General's office with all the reports with a request to open a formal investigation and take appropriate actions. And Sonny Barillo um, was interviewed after the end of the presentation and his comment was, by deleting files, you nullified the election. Senator Kelly Townsend posted on Facebook uh, her reaction to the audit report. I am thoroughly shocked yet not surprised at the product that was delivered to the people of Arizona by the hands of Adrian Fonts regarding the 2020 general election. Although the raw numbers of votes show a similar outcome to the official canvas, the important outcome is that the votes that were counted could be trusted as actual and true voter submissions, according to Arizona state law. However, what we learned today that there was a myriad of issues with the counting process that undermined the confidence in the true and accurate count of this election. The election system simply does not balance. Some of the issues that jump out immediately to me are as follows. Deleted and purged files, the timing and deletion of files the day before the 2221 audit. Maricopa County purged the machine records the day before the audit started. Many XE and DLL files, approximately 1,500, were either deleted or modified. No security or credential management. There were shared accounts and passwords which made the identification of those deleting or purging files difficult but not impossible. Incidentally, I've seen reported was that because of the cameras in the um, voting, voting areas, they have been able to identify who actually purged and deleted the files. 
We'll have to see what um, more news we get about that. Duplicate ballots were grossly mismanaged and our laws were broken regarding this important part of our election process. Chain of custody was not accurately kept, making it impossible to know who touched what and when. Envelopes without signatures, images of ballot envelopes with an apparent approval stamp behind the basic graphics of the envelope, suggesting tampering. Connectivity to the internet has been established in violation of Arizona law and contrary to what we have been told about the system. Sloppy caretaking of ballots, missing batches in boxes, batches in boxes not listed on the box or county list. These are just a few of the many issues brought up today and necessitate a dramatic change in the way we oversee our elections and how we hold those accountable who have broken our laws. Most importantly, whenever there is malfeasance and skullduggery, we must both nullify that election and repeat it with one more securely conducted and we must move forward with indictments of those who perpetrated this fraud against us. And it's no surprise that Trump joins the call to decertify Arizona's 2020 election results. And this is by national file uh, yesterday. And it says, during the Arizona Senate hearing in which the results of the forensic audit of Maricopa County were revealed, 45th President Donald Trump called for the 2020 election in Arizona to be immediately decertified, citing the evidence presented by the auditors. It is not even believable the dishonesty of the fake news media on the Arizona audit results, wrote President Trump, referring to several establishment media outlets suggesting that the audit's finding that the total vote count provided by Maricopa County is accurate means the rest of the audit's explosive findings are somehow invalidated. President Trump noted that the audit shows incomprehensible fraud at an election-changing level, many times more votes than is needed. The fake news media refuses to write the facts, therefore being complicit in the crime of the century. They are so dishonest, but patriots know the truth. The 45th president added, Arizona must immediately desertify the 2020 presidential election results. And Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers who I've already said has been demanding the decertification of the election. Um, she's been calling in anticipation of the audit results and last month began gathering signatures, calling for the Arizona legislature to begin the process of decertification and ultimately secured over one million signatures prior to the hearing earlier today. And I signed that petition um, a tweet from Wendy, we did it. The petition to decertify the presidential election has reached 1,011,873 signatures. We reached our goal the day the Arizona audit is going to be released. Amazing work, patriots. Our job is just getting started. So we'll see what happens about this. There is some doubt that the Attorney General will actually do his job and issue indictments. I think people have been so disillusioned with the Justice Department in not only at the federal level but in the states that um, people are saying it's not acceptable to just give you know a slap on the wrist for this. People have committed federal crimes and must face justice, not to mention that we should have audits in all 50 states. So let's take a quick look at what's going on in other states. And this is Gateway Pundit. Breaking Texas Secretary of State's office announces full forensic audit on four Texas counties. In August, the Texas Senate passed a Republican election integrity bill after an unsuccessful Democrat filibuster ended after 15 hours. The vote passed by an 18 to 11 margin. Democrats tried to shut this audit down too in Texas. Why are they so terrified of audits? On Thursday, the Texas Secretary of State announced it will conduct a full and comprehensive forensic audit in four Texas counties, including the two largest Democrat counties in the state. This is great news for the rule of law and for the future of this country. Of course, Democrats are against it. CBS Local reported the Texas Secretary of State has announced on Thursday, September 23rd, it will conduct a full and comprehensive forensic audit of any election 
and has already begun the process in Texas's two largest Democrat counties and two largest Republican counties, Dallas, Harris, Tarrant and Collin, for the 2020 election. In a statement sent to CBS 11, it said in part, under existing Texas laws, the Secretary of State has the authority to conduct a full and comprehensive forensic audit. We anticipate the legislature will provide funds for this purpose. Earlier, in an open letter to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, former President Donald Trump has backed House Bill 16 that calls for a review of the results of the 2020 general election. Bills to audit elections in your great state's House and Senate were considered during Texas's second special session. Instead, the legislature passed a watered-down amendment that doesn't even apply to the 2020 presidential election, said President Trump. This short amendment doesn't answer the questions Texas have about the last election. Texans demand a real audit to completely address their concerns. Seth Keschel investigated the fraud in Texas earlier this year. Keschel and Clements, Biden had an estimated 675,000 fraudulent votes in Texas. The actual vote was likely a 55 to 43% win for Trump. And then in Georgia... Voter GA founder Favorito agrees that ballots missing chain of custody documentation are invalid and should not have been certified, and this is Gateway Pundit. In Georgia on Monday, Attorney Garland Favorito was in court ready to obtain ballots from the state to validate his group Voter GA's concerns with the 2020 election. Instead, the judge punted the case down the road for another 20 days before he will make a decision. And <clears throat> chain of custody was one area of concern that Garland Favorito and others are concerned with. We also believe this is a major area of concern countrywide from the 2020 election. Ballots appeared from everywhere and were included in the certified election results. But tens of thousands of these same ballots were missing the legally required chain of custody results. It's all about chain of custody documentation. Um... The article above was raised in discussion with the voter GA founder, Garland Favorito, after Monday's ruling, and the participants in the discussion all agreed this issue is relevant. And so um, we've got it continuing, but there's another um, article, and that is Georgia Nightmare. Judge in 2020 election case hands investigation over to attorneys for corrupt Secretary of State Raffensperger and gives them 20 days. So it sounds like there's more dirty work at the crossroads here by um, handing the case over to very partisan lawyers. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And then we have Colorado. Uh, County Clark submits report that Colorado's Secretary of State and Dominion destroyed election data. This was published 21st of September. Mesa County, Colorado clerk and recorder Tina M. Peters has submitted a forensic examination report to the Mesa County commissioners. The report shows that a massive amount of election data was deleted and destroyed by the office of the Democrat Colorado Secretary of State Gina Griswold and Dominion Voting Systems, which performed a supposed system upgrade on the voting equipment in May. Luckily, Peters had the data backed up before it was destroyed, hopefully keeping alive the prospect of performing a full forensic audit of the 2020 election. The report is longer than this, but I'm not going to have time to cover the whole thing. And then the last thing on the election front, another Gateway Pundit article, that's a lie, we want an audit. Worthless North Carolina GOP chairman booed and heckled at GOP election integrity event. On Saturday, North Carolina GOP chairman Michael Watley had the nerve to show, a, show his face and speak at an election integrity event. The event was organised by Revival Encourage LLC with Carrie Donovan, as the head of the media department. Watley is a GOP insider who told North Carolinians to disregard President Trump's endorsement of Representative Ted Budd for US Senate two days after Trump's endorsement. Watley is also unconcerned over the accusations of voter fraud in the state 
and does not support a forensic audit. Another imposter. On Saturday, Watley was booed and heckled when he spoke briefly at an election integrity event. Republican voters are tired of the worthless leadership in the party and in Congress. Again, the uh, article continues, but I just want to do a very quick update on the COVID and vaccine situation before I finish. So a hint of the real agenda behind this pandemic and behind the vaccine. This is um, a tweet from Alexander Soros. Uh, name ring a bell. The pandemic is still raging and many people worldwide still don't have access to vaccines. A new $30 million pledge from Open Society, which of course is run by George Soros, aims to speed up vaccine access and counter COVID social and economic harms. And this was actually from um, a Telegram post by The Storm Has Arrived 17. And his comment is, in case you needed more evidence not to get the vaccine, George Soros is donating $30 million to speed up vaccine access. The Herlin Report, which I've started following, published an article five days ago talking about the dangers of COVID-19 mRNA vaccination, a must-read article. If you want to save your life from murderous public health officials and murderous lying prostitutes, read Mike Whitney's report. The world is indebted to Whitney for producing the evidence that inoculation with mRNA injection brings high risks of health, injury and death. The governments that encourage and coerce COVID inoculation are mass murderers who should be tried and executed for their crimes against humanity, writes Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, a leading American political economist, author and regular contributor to the Herland Report. The Mike Whitney article for UNZ, the conspiracy theorists were right, it is a poison death shot. We are seeing a level of malevolence that we haven't seen in the history of humanity. Dangers of COVID-19 mRNA vaccination. I'll do one more mind experiment with you. If everyone on the planet were to get COVID and not get treated, the death rate globally would be less than half a percent. I'm not advocating for that because 35 million people would die. However, if we follow the advice of some of the global leaders like Bill Gates, who said last year that 7 billion people need to be vaccinated, then the death rate will be over 2 billion people. So wake up. This is World War Three. We are seeing a level of malevolence that we haven't seen in the history of humanity. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, author of the Zelenko Early Treatment Protocol that saved thousands of COVID patients. Did the regulators at the FDA know that all previous coronavirus vaccines had failed in animal trials and that the vaccinated animals became either severely ill or died? Yes, they did. Did they know that previous coronavirus vaccines had a tendency to enhance the infection and make the disease worse? Yes. Did Dr. Anthony Fauci know that coronavirus vaccines had repeatedly failed and increase the severity of the infection. Yes, he did. Did the drug companies conduct any animal trials prior to the FDA's approval that would have convinced a reasonable person that the vaccines were safe to use on humans? No, they didn't. Did they complete long-term clinical trials to establish whether the vaccines were safe? No, there were no long-term clinical trials. Did they conduct any biodistribution studies that showed where the substance in the injection goes in the body? They did, but the data was not made available to the public. Do the contents of the vaccine largely collect in various organs and in the lining of the vascular system? Yes, they do. Do large amounts of the substance accumulate in the ovaries? Yes. Will this affect female fertility and a woman's ability to safely bring a baby to term? The drug companies are currently researching this. The results are unknown. Does the vaccine enter the bloodstream and collect in the lining of the blood vessels, forcing the cells to produce the spike protein? Yes. Is the spike protein a biologically active pathogen? It is. Does the spike protein cause blood clots and leaky blood vessels in a large percentage of the people that are vaccinated? 
It does, although the blood clots are mostly microscopic and appear in the capillaries. Only a small percentage of vaccinees get strokes or suffer cardiac arrest. Should people be made aware of these possible bad outcomes before they agree to get vaccinated? Informed consent? Yes. Did the FDA know that Pfizer had identified vaccine-associated enhanced disease, including vaccine-associated enhanced respiratory disease, as an important potential risk? Yes, they did, but they did not demand that Pfizer fix the problem. Here's more. The FDA noted that Pfizer identified vaccine-associated enhanced disease, including vaccine-associated enhanced respiratory disease, as an important potential risk. The EMA similarly acknowledged that vaccine-associated enhanced respiratory disease was an important potential risk that may be specific to vaccination for COVID-19. Why neither regulator sought to exclude such dangers prior to emergency use authorization is an open question that all doctors and parents are entitled to ask. Why medical regulators failed to investigate the finding that large vaccine particles cross blood vessel walls, entering the bloodstream and posing risks of blood clotting and leaky vessels is yet another open question again. And this was an open letter to the EMA and European Parliament, Doctors for COVID Ethics. Did the drug companies vaccinate the people in the placebo group after the clinical trials in order to conceal the difference in the long-term health outcomes between the two groups? That is the conclusion a rational person would make. So they nuked the trials. Yes. Did the FDA largely shrug off its regulatory duties and abandon its normal standards and protocols because A, it wanted to rush the COVID vaccines into service as rapidly as possible. B, it knew that the COVID-19 vaccine would never meet long-term safety standards. We don't know yet, but the adverse events report strongly suggests that the COVID-19 vaccine is hands down the most dangerous vaccine in history. And the article goes on to talk about uh, the boosters that are now being approved, despite the fact that the panel of doctors were saying it shouldn't be approved for anyone other than people at high risk and in the over 65 group, although I'm in the over 65 group and I wouldn't go anywhere near these um, inoculations. Um, the other thing that's come out this week is that uh, there have been a couple of cases where breastfed babies have died um, with when their mothers were vaccinated with blood clots so it's actually showing that the spike proteins can actually be passed on to the baby through the breast milk um, and they're now talking about um, testing on babies I mean this thing is just so evil it's hard to really get to grips with the level of of evil um, being perpetrated by the people pushing the jab on everybody and there is an article i haven't had time to read it to you but from a uk publication just giving all the data about the fact that these vaccines don't work and let's face it i don't think they were ever meant to work they were meant to be the bioweapon that they've turned out to be but i think more and more people are waking up to this and and particularly those who regret having the vaccine and suffering the adverse reactions which are ruining people's lives so um we'll have to hope and pray that more people don't fall for it with all this pressure from businesses from biden of course to get the vaccine they're desperate to get everybody jabbed and uh, achieve their depopulation agenda anyway that's all i have time for this week i hope you've enjoyed the show uh, we'll see what other exciting news comes i think we made a great progress this week with the arizona audit and i think we've got more to come and so i hope you'll join me next week for another edition or another cosmic creating show and um, I'll keep you updated on all the latest news.
So thank you to Nancy for producing. And just as a quick reminder, find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com. So stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.